This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. For those of you in the United States who expect Francis to announce his resignation at any time now, you'd better hope and pray that it happens soon, because if not, by 2025, Francis is expected to have appointed up to 34 new bishops in the United States due to an, un to an expected wave of retirements of bishops from various dioceses. Not counting auxiliary bishops, by the way. That's also not counting any expected promotions of high-profile cardinals to positions of the Roman Curia. That should be coming. No consistory has been formally announced yet for the summer, and the window for such an announcement is drawing to a close. If Francis makes no such announcement this year, then it will be only the second time in his 10-year reign over the church that he hasn't held a consistory. Now, if you don't know what a consistory is, it's sort of the official meeting of the Pope with the cardinals of the church as a body. It's at a consistory that bishops are promoted to the office of cardinal and done so in the presence of their now brother cardinals. At this time, there are fewer than the canonically required number of cardinals for a conclave, which means Francis should make it a priority to fill those vacancies. That would be the logical thing for him to do for a number of reasons. And there are a number of relatively young bishops in America who are waiting in the wings while their senior brothers get ready for retirement giving us the possibility for the first time in several years of a total and seismic shift in the American Episcopate. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has a reputation of being a pretty conservative body, and I guess that would be conservative in light of the sort of Vatican II paradigm in the church, despite the highest profile members of that body being men like, well, you know, Cardinal McElroy, Cardinal Supich, Cardinal Tobin, and a few others of the Francis wing of the Francis Church. Between retiring bishops and potentials for promoting his most loyal servants to the Roman Curia in a bid to further boost their popability, we get this news from the extremely pro-Francis and, frankly, heretical National Catholic Reporter. Headline, Pope Francis faces chance to radically reshape U.S. Catholic hierarchy. Thirteen American archdioceses and 21 dioceses could need new bishops by 2025. There are 194 dioceses in the U.S., counting the archdiocese of the U.S. military, to put this all into perspective. 34 of those bishops being replaced would be about 15% of the body, give or take, which would fundamentally shift the ideological bent of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops into a much more pro-Francis direction, if you can believe that. That is clearly the hoped-for angle that the National Catholic Reporter is going for in this report. But this report is very interesting because because it should serve as a wake-up call for all of us as we head into the spring of 2023. And it's loaded with a lot of facts that will help us to understand what's likely to be happening in the U.S. here in terms of the bishops who hold office in the next few years. So let me know in the comments if your bishop is approaching the age of 75, which is the mandatory age of retirement for a bishop. From the article, quote, if Pope Francis continues to serve as Bishop of Rome for another two years, he may have a notable opportunity to refashion the U.S. Catholic hierarchy. Dozens of bishops, several in historically significant dioceses, will be required by canon law to submit resignation letters upon turning 75. At least 13 archdioceses and 21 dioceses could have new Episcopal appointments by February 2025. In addition, two dioceses, Fairbanks, Alaska, and Huma Thibodeau, Louisiana, are operating without bishops. The number of Episcopal openings could increase because of deaths or resignations. If he names new bishops to all those local churches, Francis will have appointed 
64% of the U.S. Episcopate since becoming Pope in March 2013. 46% of the current U.S. bishops are Francis appointees, said Catherine Hogerman, a Missouri State University sociology professor who tracks U.S. Episcopal appointments. Quoting the sociology professor directly, over the next two years, it looks like Francis is going from having appointed a little less than half of active bishops to a little less than two-thirds. I think that's a notable shift, says Hogeman. Since 1969, she said, popes have made an average of 15 Episcopal appointments every year in the United States. End quote. So the next two years are going to be bigger than average. And Let's get something clear. This isn't a conservative versus progressive issue. This is an issue of going along with Francis's program to remake the church or not. This is about the men who will get promoted are almost certainly going to be judged on whether they will follow orders or not. This is about embracing the program of synodality beyond Francis's tenure as pontiff. There are relatively conservative bishops in the U.S. who sing the praises of the synodal church of the new advent. The key here is is really if a bishop or priest on the radar of the Vatican is going to be a trooper for Francis's program, beyond his own papacy, since most observers can't see Francis serving for another five years. The American Episcopate has been fundamentally reshaped by Francis already, and if he has his way, he'll be responsible for nearly 65% of the bishops being his creatures by 2025. Maybe more if some of them, well, don't make it to 2025. And that's also not counting if he's still Pope in 2026 and beyond. It's a sobering thing to think about. Some of the retirees are already loyal servants of Francis. And if he plans to retire or thinks his health is failing, he'll replace those men with creatures of his own, even if he appoints those men to cushy jobs in the Roman Curia. That article gives us some idea of who these men are. Quote, She, meaning Professor Hogeman, also told the National Catholic Reporter that the likely openings in the next two years represent an unusually high potential turnover among archbishops. Out of 34 total retirements in the next couple of years, a third of them are going to be in the archdioceses. That seems to be a little skewed with a higher percentage of archdiocesan retirements, Hogeman said. By February 2025, the archbishops of New York, Hartford, Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, Kansas City, Milwaukee, Omaha, Houston, Mobile and New Orleans will have turned 75. Cardinal Wilton Gregory of Washington turned 75 in December of 2022. Cardinal Sean O'Malley of Boston turns 79, four years beyond the traditional retirement age, in June. Meanwhile, seven sitting bishops have already turned 75, and another 14 will hit the retirement age over the next two years in dioceses across the country. From Honolulu and Kalamazoo, Michigan, to Palm Beach, Florida, and Portland, Maine. Although Catholic bishops must send resignation letters to the Pope upon reaching age 75, Francis can decide to let a bishop remain in position up to age 80. End quote. And technically beyond 80, they could serve in an Episcopal office in the Roman Curia for him if he so chose. Some of those bishops retiring are some of the better bishops who quietly fought Traditionis Custodis in their dioceses. They'll be replaced almost immediately upon the submission of their resignation letter. Some may be given high-profile positions in Rome and then replaced with younger men more aligned with Francis. The article goes on to point out that most of the talent pool for men available for the job came into the seminary inspired by John Paul II and Benedict XVI, 
and would be considered opposed to Francis's program, but I'm actually not certain that's accurate. Such a framing of the issue is myopic and tends to, well, frame this in secular political thinking. And it also fails to accept that there really is a lot of continuity between Francis and his predecessors. And some of these potential, potential bishops are the type to follow whatever program the Pope is pushing, regardless of their own ideas on the matter. That's why so many dioceses implemented Traditionis Custodis with little resistance, done by, well, it, done in a way that left many Catholics shocked that their bishops, who had learned the traditional Mass and traditional form of the sacraments, previously suddenly folded on the issue with no resistance. Many of them feel it is their duty to implement every whim of a sitting pontiff because they feel that everything and anything a pontiff does in terms of governance of the church is correct. That kind of obedience may be laudable in times where a relatively good or even frankly middling man sits on the throne of Peter, but in times like these, it's a dangerous, dangerous trait for a bishop. Case in point, a retired cardinal sat down with the author of the article we're looking at here and said that the biggest factor for promoting a priest for the Episcopal office or further promoting an existing bishop to becoming an archbishop or in some other more important diocese is their alignment with the program of a sitting pope. Are there plenty of young priests, auxiliary bishops, bishops, and even archbishops in the U.S.? Yes, absolutely. And are, are there plenty who would be aligned with Francis's line of thinking? Oh, absolutely. So from the article, quote, In an interview with NCR, retired Cardinal Justin Regali, who, as a former member of the Vatican's Congregation for Bishops, helped advise the Pope on which priests to select as bishops, described the process by which those candidates are identified and chosen. In the United States, Regali said that every few years, bishops in different regions of the country meet to discuss potential bishop candidates and send their names to the Vatican's nunciature or embassy in the U.S. From there, the ambassador, known as an apostolic nuncio, seeks information from priests, deacons, and lay people who know the candidates. He said when he served at the congregation for the bishops, now the dicastery for bishops, the office would present the Pope with a list of three names for a diocese, sometimes with the congregation's recommendations for a particular candidate. Regali, a former Archbishop of St. Louis and Philadelphia, said no candidates are, quote, perfect in every category, but that they reflect the sitting Pope's priorities for a bishop. There's definitely a common thread. The life of the church in a particular time and what is deemed appropriate and necessary in the choice of a pastor, Regali said. Like anything else, there are going to be some differences of opinion, but we go by what the church teaches and what the Second Vatican Council says about bishops. End lengthy quote. So with that lengthy testimony on the process by the retired cardinal in hand, what do we know about the priorities of Francis for the U.S.? His own statements and the statements of the various cardinals who serve him well directly indicate that he is not exactly happy with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. I mean, how many times has he talked about EWTN in weird ways and wants the bishops to rein in EWTN? The consistent theme given by Francis to describe the U.S. bishops is that they're ideological, meaning that they have, frankly, the wrong American politics. 
This came out most directly in his assessment of the whole fiasco involving communion for public unrepentant sinners who are politicians, specifically those who support, defend, and promote what I have to call around here the Moloch ritual, while calling themselves Catholic, including the sitting president and former House Speaker. These days, Francis's position on that issue is spoken about publicly by Cardinals Supich and McElroy, and Supich is approaching retirement age though he's likely to hang on for a while yet. Keep an eye on who gets named bishop to various dioceses in the coming months in the U.S. because that issue will be a major deciding factor in their promotion. Their handling of synodality, their repeating of the rhetoric coming out of Rome on a synodal church and being inclusive and all the rest of it is going to be a big factor. But what do you think will be other factors? Attitudes towards tradition? What they mean by synodality? How about the James Martin sin? Do you think James Martin could become an auxiliary bishop to a in a diocese somewhere? Do you think he'd even actually accept such a post? I've joked about Martin becoming Pope Francis III or Pope Paul VII in the past, but in reality, do you think he'd even accept a promotion to the office of bishop? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. As does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.